0: Welcome to episode number 237 of Gun for Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the
2: other guy, Dan Todd. Today, our theme is the first virtual gun rights policy conference. And our guest is Alan Gottlieb. Alan is the founder of the Second Amendment Rights Foundation, which is a group that Second hosts
0: Amendment Se- Foundation. What did I say? <laughs> Close enough. Second I, Amendment Foundation. I'm sorry.
2: And uh, we, the group that hosts the annual gun rights policy conference. This year, the GRPC has been scheduled to be held in Orlando, Florida but is now going 100%
0: viral. Virtual, which we hope is gonna go viral, right? Welcome to the
1: show, Alan. Man, thank you. Good to be with you, thanks for having (laughs) me.
0: Absolutely, so this is huge news and I know because we're sitting in the studio on August 3rd uh, of 2020 and COVID is still like, uh, you know, among us in the national conversation and, and still affecting people that uh, maybe the reason that we're we're gonna have a, a historic way of doing uh, GRPC this year is not, you know, a happy reason. But I am so excited at what you guys have planned. So talk to us a little bit about the changes we should expect to see this year.
1: Well, I think the good news is that we're gonna have a lot more speakers. Uh, we're gonna be well over 100 uh, and Ooh. probably our overall attendance will be absolutely greater. You know, last year we had 1,100 live people uh, in in the ballroom, so to speak, and we had 130,000 people that live streamed it. Well, this wow. year because it's all going to be virtual, and we started early in promoting the fact that it's all going to be virtual, uh, I think we're going to surely break 200,000, and uh, 300,000 is our is our goal. Some of our partners who are helping to make it go virtual are talking more like a half a million. I hope they're right and I'm wrong. Uh, So we, in a a critical election year, we're probably going to reach more and more people with our messages than ever before. That's the good news.
2: Well, Alan, also some other good news is I just read on Fox News today that there's 2.5 million brand new gun owners right now because of the COVID and all the unrest that's going on in the country. And you're bound to pick up some of those as members.
1: Yeah, we sure hope so. Uh, we're trying to outreach on internet advertising to reach some of those new people, uh, to bring them into to participate in the gun rights policy conference and get involved in, in the gun rights battle for our rights. So hopefully that's true. Uh, we'll see. Of course, there are some negatives too. You know, At the gun rights policy conference on the ground, we usually have a lot of great networking when you've got that many activists and gun rights leaders from all across the country sharing ideas and talking one-on-one uh some of the things that are on the agenda that really come out to be very important. Right. And, uh, you know, like in past years, I, I get some examples where we've had some problems with the gun rights policy conference, making it happen, you know, live, was after 9-11. And after 9-11, uh, we didn't know if we were going to be able to even have people get on airplanes and go anywhere. The airlines opened up a week before our policy conference. We decided to keep it and do it live. We did. We had at that point a regular attendance, and what came out of that from networking was the uh, National Airline Pilots Association and the push to have armed pilots, which ended up becoming federal law. Uh, and that all started at a gun rights policy conference based on you know, adversarial conditions. And then we had one in Chicago as well, where somebody decided to blow up the air traffic control system uh, over the Midwest and people couldn't fly in either. We couldn't get speakers in. We had an hour by hour change our agenda uh, on the ground to make it work and happen. And a lot of great things came out of that, including some of the great Chicago lawsuits that we filed in one. Uh, so the networking on the ground sometimes is very important. We're gonna miss that. But I understand some people are gonna try, we're trying to add into it some sidecar events, like our cocktail receptions we usually do. We're gonna have maybe a virtual reception. It's not definite yet, but it's probably gonna happen, whereby people, through, you know, participating in Zoom, we're gonna be part of a reception anyway, and be able to talk with each other. So we're trying to get that incorporated into it. We're still working on that. Of course, working to get get it all done uh, and put together with over 100 speakers this time is quite a chore. Yes.
0: I cannot even imagine. I'm so fortunate, so blessed that I, I was invited to be one of your speakers again this year. And I've already filmed my portion and it's ready to send over. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that we have these tools available to us. If this was even maybe... 10 years ago, there's there's no way. And, you know, now we, we have the tools, it, we're gonna use them to their their fullest. And I do see a lot of silver linings.
1: There are a lot of silver linings. Some people are saying, we can just do it virtually all the time now. Uh, I don't want to do that. I, I think I want to keep it live. But the fact the experience we're gonna gain from promoting it virtually this time is gonna help us, I think, uh, get more uh, live uh, online viewers to the conference who can't attend personally. And likewise, of course, Cheryl, it's all archived on the internet all over the place on multiple platforms. And so as a result, it's not just who, will, who I guess live stream it. it's for the whole year people can watch it. So we're going to hopefully get a, a record number of total people involved with in the gun rights policy conference. I'm really excited about that.
0: I am too, and I really do believe that we have a greater opportunity to meet, uh, t- to interact with the brand new gun owners than we would in, in a live setting, because there's a lot of people at our gun shop, we've, we've helped a lot of brand new people find their first firearm, their first tool of to self-defense, and some of them are sort of having a little bit of a, who, who does this make me? You know, like this is such a weird place in my life. I would have never believed I would be a gun owner. Maybe they've been on the other side of that argument the rest of their life. And now they realize the importance of being their own immediate responder. So to be able to kind of like anonymously view in via the internet and listen to all the amazing information that your speakers offer, I think that that is going to really help help people you know, feel a part of, man, I really relate with that speaker right there. And, oh, I never even heard of that law that, that they're trying to propose. And now maybe there's something I can do about it. I really think it's going to be great, but I, I am going to miss the in-person. I Meeting and greeting in the hallways and you know grabbing up the hugs and the, the selfies that we get to do when we're live in person, there's just no substitute for that. But um, there's always 2021. We'll be back
1: together, right? Right. You know, I was just recently talking to some an, a new gun owner that uh, he called us to join as a member, uh, and he decided to join as a member because when he's told he's always told about how easy it is to buy a gun. It's easier than you know buying a loaf of bread in the supermarket. <laughs> and when he went to buy his gun, it wasn't so easy, and he had a whole lot of problems for getting through the background check and everything else because of the system not being you know up. To, the speed uh, and, and other, other complications and all the regulations that came along with it. And he was in shock how hard it was for him to get his first gun. Uh, and now, of course, he wants it. Now that he's got the gun, he wants to defend his gun rights and, and doesn't want those restrictions to be any, any worse than they were for him. So I'm kind of excited about some of these new gun owners. They could be some of our best people. It's almost like, you know, getting a, a, a religious convert. And they'd end up going to church all the time. I'm hoping that a lot of these new gun owners participate in the gun rights movement a whole lot more.
2: Well, we have seen, Alan, uh, a lot of the uh, the days that we were in this frenzy uh, that the Knicks was down and people couldn't buy a gun. And now these people are going, I need a gun. I'm a legal person. I want a gun. How do I get it? Well, you know, they made, a lot of them made these laws the way they are today. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're going to look at that and say, you know what? It shouldn't be that hard. Sure. It shouldn't be that yeah. hard for an honest citizen to buy a gun.
1: We just had to file a suit against the state of Illinois, because as you probably were in Illinois, you have to have what they call a firearms owner's ID card to be able to purchase right. a firearm or have a permit to carry one, whatever. And uh, they can't get the background checks done and get the cards out to the people. So you know, all these first-time buyers in Illinois, a couple hundred thousand people that have been waiting three months now to be able to pick up their, their firearm at a gun dealer. And they kind of now hot under the collar, so to speak. I needed this gun, there's you no know, l- less police protection for me today. Crime, violent crime is way up in my state right now. Uh, you know, uh, I need a firearm to protect myself, my family and my property. And there's no reason why I can't get it. Uh, I've gone through all the rigmarole. I've, I've gone through the fingerprinting, I've gone through the background check and you can't issue them in my card so they can go buy a firearm. And I didn't realize it was that difficult and they're not happy right now.
2: Mm-hmm. So you guys are actually doing a lawsuit against Illinois for that right now?
1: Yeah, we, we filed suit uh, a week or so ago against the state of Illinois on it. And what's interesting is we had to name the uh, the superintendent of the state patrol, state police, uh, and the media went to him about the lawsuit. And he said, well, you know, they're right. We're violating the law. And in, in our state, we're supposed to have it done in a maximum of 30 days. and We're taking over three months. And, you know, I like, don't blame them for suing us wow that's
0: fantastic and and i think there are more and more people i think waking up to that all Even right
2: 30 days is ridiculous you think about really? it oh. if, if you know if you need a gun uh, you have a right the constitution says i don't think there's any background checks or anything else in there nope you have a you have a right and you, you feel you need a gun you got to wait 30 days how many people has have passed away because they couldn't defend themselves
1: uh, there have no. been a number, a number around the country. We read about it all the time. Uh, you know, of course, they can't call us to complain because they're now been a victim of crime and they're not around to, to right. give us a telephone call. But, you know, I like to quote Martin Luther King, who said, a right delayed is a right to die. And 30 days is totally outrageous. Right. Absolutely. Well, so let's just go back
0: to the conference. Uh, it was going to be live in Orlando on Saturday and Sunday, September 19 and 20. So if you're listening and you had flight uh, reservations or hotel reservations, you're going to want to adjust that. Um, but now how do people connect? Where are they going to go to, to view what, all that you're going to do? And are the dates the same? How does all that work?
1: Yeah, we're, we're, the 19th, we're going to go virtual live with it September, 9th, September 19th. And those people have already registered Are getting email alerts about it and we'll get updates and we'll get the final agendas and you know things that as it moves to to the actual date and people can still register and they 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 get those same updates and they know what the the agenda is going to be and just go to saf.org samalphafrank.org and and click on the grpc banner and and go ahead and register uh you don't have to register of course to be able to watch it but if you do register, you will get all the extra benefits and, and uh, updates and agendas and, and, and sidecar event notices and things of that nature in, in, in your inbox and by email. So it's, it's a good thing to register and and get involved with it. Uh, and, and we've notified everybody already. And of course, we're lucky because of the virus uh, out there, all the airlines and, and hotels is pretty much policy has been, you can cancel with no penalties, no, no nothing, get your money back without any problems. So the bottom line is nobody is out anything. It worked out, we got very, very lucky. The hotel at least notified us early on that they weren't gonna be able to perform under their contract with the social distancing. We couldn't get put more than 150 people roughly in the ballroom. The events for the, the, the lunches, buffets, the breakouts, that break out the refreshments, they really couldn't do it do it because of state regulations and laws, and it just wasn't gonna work. By telling us early on, uh, it allowed us to make these plans and go virtual.
0: That's Alan, awesome. Alan. And 150 people in the ballroom. Right. That's just the speakers. So, right.
1: <laughs> Alan, so uh, people that register, is there any fees or anything to do that? I'm really glad you asked that. No, it's totally free. It's, it's free if it's, if it's live in person and it's free virtually as well. No fees at all. Just go to saf.org and, and register for the conference. And we'd love to be with you on September 19th.
0: I love it. One more question for you. For people out there that think, you know, I, I'm, all, I'm new to the gun stuff and it's gotten so political. It, it isn't a political issue, but it has become a political football. If I go to this SAF thing, even online, is it just going to be a great big, you know, political um, rally? Uh, talk to us about how, how well you guys have managed to keep this a non-partisan uh, non-denominational <laughs> speaker panel and, and, uh, experience.
1: Yeah, it, it, we try very, very hard to keep it nonpartisan. Of course it's getting more difficult. I'll be honest with you when more and more Democrats are yes. becoming, you know, gun prohibition, you know, uh, advocates, mm-hmm. it makes it a little harder for us, but we, uh, you know, definitely have a wide open agenda, uh, covering lots of issues. We don't want this to be a partisan issue you think that the Second Amendment should be supported by, by all political parties. Uh, unfortunately, some of them don't. Uh, I just got a copy this weekend. I hate to say it, of the draft of the Democratic Party's na- national platform. And if you read it, and you're a gun owner, it's it's like you know uh, they want they want to hang you as high as they can from the tallest tree they can find. Uh, it's really scary when you read the platform. Uh, we're going to be putting a release out on it very shortly uh, because it's appalling. Uh, that anybody would attack the Bill of Rights like that and, 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 and do it in the fashion that's being done. So it's hard to be totally nonpartisan, but any Democrats who support gun rights are more than welcome and, and attend. And we also have speakers across the political platform from liberals, conservatives, all the way all, all over the place. Um, you know, we're as open and inclusive as you can possibly be, because we think the Second Amendment really applies to everyone. It so does. Well, I've
2: met several Democrats at these uh, events. and. The thing is that 's really important is for if you are a Democrat and you own a gun, you should definitely listen to what's, what 's what we 're saying because um, you 'll learn something
0: so well and I, I this year particularly i I have such a heart for my friends who ascribe to the the liberal uh, political mindset, the democratic mindset, but who really do value the fact that our founders you know wrote this document and and why they wrote it and the things they put in it i don't know how they're going to i don't know how they're going to vote this year I, I really feel for them but um, you know I, i'm a single issue voter it is the second amendment first and foremost and so i think a lot of them that feel that way and they understand the importance of it the the decision has been made for them but holy cow it's, it's going to be rough and i think some of your speakers might help um, might help with that, you know, kind of put some things into perspective on that that front.
1: Yeah, particularly a lot of the new gun owners we talked about are Democrats and are now supporting Second Amendment rights more than ever before. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. We'll, we'll we'll go over that at the gun rights policy conference as well.
0: I love it. All right, Alan, thank you so much for all you do. Uh, your organization, SAF, Second Amendment Foundation. You guys are in court like uh, every single day of the year, I think now.
1: And it, it, it's crazy. We have, we have upwards of 30 lawsuits going on at the same time right now and have for like the last year. Uh, it, it, it's humongous. Uh, our, our court battles, have, 80% of the caseload have been won in the courts supporting Second Amendment rights, have been won by the foundation and our attorneys. And we, we have built the foundation for gun rights in the courts litigation for all future generations.
0: Oh, praise God for that. And thank you for all that you do in that arena. And I'm so excited to participate in the historic 2020 virtual gun rights policy conference. Give us that, uh, the website again, how people can tune in and the dates and we will let
1: you go. saf.org, September 19th. And come watch Cheryl at the gun rights policy conference speak. Is one of our highlight speakers. And, and Cheryl, thank you for everything you do. And thank you for helping to make the Gun Rights Policy Conference what it is.
0: Oh, I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you so much, Alan.
1: Okay, take care. Thanks, Alan. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Wow. That man is a hard working man.
0: It is insane what they have to do. Right. I mean, it's it's a little like. I'm so thankful for them that they are out there, just like the um, AZCDL here in Arizona, that they are constantly like the watchmen on the wall, right? They're the guard dogs in, in the halls of legislature and in the courts. But it is frustrating to me, having read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, having been an ongoing ever student of how our country even came to be and what had to be done in order to fight back the the strongest, um, most well-trained military force at the time. You know, farmers and shopkeepers were were fighting back the um, British army in order to secure our nation and secure these rights. It is frustrating to me that now it's all about judges and judges' decisions. Whether or not this document has a future. And they're
2: not really, I I, I say it's their opinion of the law, but really it's not. It's their opinion of their beliefs. It's not what's in the law. Because if that was the case, if we went by what was the law, this is the law, and how much of this is no longer existent already or infringed upon? How much of this Constitution is infringed on? as we speak and how did that happen? Did that happen because somebody got a pin and changed it? No, it happened because of judges. Judges are the ones
0: that and voters, can, right? Hello, hello. we hello. need to hold that mirror up and go, how did this happen? Oh, cred. It was me because I right. didn't pay attention. And let's just say, because you, I voted the name I heard the most on the TV instead of the person that had a, you know, a record of defending. Uh, and, and taking serious their oath for the con- defending the Constitution. I'm sorry, go right. ahead. Well,
2: just like, you know, look back and say, okay, Kennedy, some people, he was a Democrat. People questioned whether or not today if he would be a Democrat or a Republican because it has shifted in so many ways. But I say, you know, generations of family that are Democrats and, you know, there are some good things that Democrats do. They're not all bad. I don't want to say that they're all bad. The problem I have is that the Democrats have made it so now guns are bad, period. We need to abolish guns, period. They need to go away. And when you, you, how, how could I, if I was a Democrat and I believed in the Second Amendment, how could I continue to be a Democrat if the one thing that's really important to me is being threatened? Because of the Democrats,
0: well, and that's what um, that's what we really—it remains to be seen in the way that people show up at the polls, and the way that they um, speak their mind in in that format. Especially
2: locals, polls. local voting, not just mm-hmm. presidential. Mm-hmm.
0: It matters locally for sure, and there's a definite push against our culture to you know other, right, othering of gun owners. And fringing of gun owners, that they're a bunch of weird people. Well, it's going to be a harder message to send now that there are, you know, millions upon millions of brand new gun owners who, uh, you know, don't don't see themselves as that other. Wait a minute. You're talking about me now, not that weird guy down the street. Right.
2: And, and the thing to think about, too, is that um, so in every state of the union, you can have a firearm. There are restrictions, but you can't have a firearm. You may have to go through a 30-day wait or 90-day wait, and you may get denied because of your past history, or you may not be wealthy enough, or you may not be influential enough to own a gun in some of these states. But every state has uh, the right to own a gun. But we, we've we put so many restrictions, and I, I need to think about that. You say to yourself, I have my gun, I'm safe, I don't care anymore. So let's continue to pile on more gun laws. Well, what about your next door neighbor who's your friend that wants to also carry a, a firearm?
0: Or the next generation. Or the next
2: generation. So you have to look at it. the two and a half million people that just uh, do gun owners this year. They went through struggle. Some of them were not even allowed to buy a gun because the uh, the background checks were, broke down or because, you know, Maybe you got the same name as somebody else. And so anytime you have to use a political figure or a government entity to make the decision on whether or not you can own a gun or not, you have put yourself in a bad position. Yeah. The constitution says you can. Don't let somebody say, we'll check on you and if you're okay, then you can have a gun.
0: And I cannot close the show without also highlighting No, Dan is talking about, you know, Democrats. While we were talking with Alan Gottlieb about the Second Amendment Foundation, we're talking about how, you know, there are the Democratic Party platform, not necessarily individual your neighbor Democrats, right? right? Uh, They are, they have become gun prohibitionists, the the Democratic Party platform. So- and they do. It's, I mean, you heard all the candidates on the stage saying, Hell yes, I'm going to reach into your home and take something you own just because it happens to be a gun. I'm we turn take a blind eye. I'm going to
2: take the Air 23s. Yeah,
0: the Air 14s, Joe Biden. Oh, bless his heart. Um, but I cannot close the show without calling attention to the people that have the big red R on their chest with the their teeth flowing in the wind, right? The Republicans who are also not
1: right. holding
0: up their oath that they took to protect and defend our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Uh, it's not okay. It's absolutely not okay. And you don't get to hide behind the big red R and hide behind the GOP uh, and and behave as though you are a gun prohibitionist. Right. It's It's inconsistent. And voters cannot abide that they cannot stand by that and let that that go by I um, probably talked about this on the show at at one point before but I was interviewed by uh, the Swedish press um, maybe a couple of months ago and one of the questions that the guy really wanted to ask me and I can't remember if we uh, I don't think it appeared in his article because you know they pick and choose what they really want to put out there once it's all said and done, but he really wanted to ask me about Mark Kelly as a candidate in the state of Arizona. And he didn't say, well, what do you think about Martha McSally? Right? He didn't say, what do you think about uh, Daniel McCarthy? And then what do you think about Mark Kelly? He only wanted to talk about the Democrat that was running or is running as we sit here in the studio on Monday, August 3rd, 2020, Mark Kelly. And I felt the bait, you know, like I felt like a, a a fish in the stream and there was this bait dangling and he was just waiting You bite it? And, oh Well, I, I did, but I, <clears throat> I flipped the switch on him. I flipped the script a little bit because he thought that I was just going to use party line and use talking points. And, and what I said was, and I, again, I don't think he put it in the article, but I wish he would have is that if, if the person elected is going to take their constitutional oath seriously, what do I care? Right. What do I care whether they're a D or an R, right? But we know from Mark Kelly's mouth himself and a book that he wrote and multiple uh, appearances on, on media that he is a gun prohibitionist and you cannot take the oath of your office seriously and be a gun prohibitionist they are inconsistencies and um anyway i think that that is something that we we all can be a little bit more thoughtful about is instead of just going well i've always voted democrat so i must vote democrat straight down the ticket or i've always been a republican so i'm going to vote republican straight down the ticket we have to spend more time being educated in the way that we vote. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No,
2: not at all. But I just, you know, I look back at the history of the United States before 1934, a person could walk into a hardware store and buy any type of gun he wanted, a short barrel shotgun for when he ranches and he needs to kill snakes on the field, or he could buy a machine gun. You could buy a Thompson machine gun straight from the army, uh, you know, uh, reserves. So. You know, in 1934, they said, well, there are gangsters going around using machine guns. There was maybe 20 gangsters going around in the United States using machine guns. So what they do, they take them away from everybody because of these 20 that they can't control. And so then we go, you know, things are going okay and, you know, states are starting to do their little laws, but everything's pretty good on federal. And in 1968, because of Kennedy being shot, both Kennedys, they decided that, you know, because of the act of one or two, I don't know what John F. Kennedy, it might have been 50 people, I don't know. But because of the act of certain people, that we have to penalize every person in the country. And, you know, when are we going to realize that they are slowly chipping away at our rights, just slowly, They, they make an excuse, because this one guy did this. So now 50 million people can't have a product because this guy did this and they only do that with guns they don't do it with alcohol it should be against the law to be able to well buy- they
0: tried it with alcohol how did that work oh out? yeah that didn't work out too it well. made a, it <clears throat> made a ton of people on the wrong side of the law very right. wealthy and these are the ones that were Cooked using the machine guns, the machine guns yes. and then they use that as a way to right. on our all right i mean the whole thing it's so comical when you tragically comical when you stop and really like go down the historical timeline and you see the things that cause us to roll over and go, oh, please take this right away because I don't need but it. But who got hurt with Does all that? Does it matter to me or I, I, I'm not responsible enough personally to, to handle this right, so please take it from everyone? Right. It's, it's but who, insanity. Who's
2: responsible for that? You know who is? Who? I mean, who who got affected by that? Who? The poor people, the blue-collar people they were the ones affected by it. Those guys that that were shooting people with machine guns still shot people with machine guns. Yeah. And so anyway, the whole moral of this story is to tell you that the, the political group that is trying to take our firearms away will not stop until they can abolish all firearms. Now that's not gonna happen, okay? Well,
0: Okay, but legally, if they could they, try legally, and yeah. that could happen, right? We could end up like with the, the alcohol, uh, you know, thing where they, they tried to make alcohol illegal, but the practicality well, the reason it, I was say that it'll right. never actually, the logistics will never be because why? Because you can go to the hardware store and buy the elements to make a firearm.
2: Well, let's. I'll give you a better example. So, uh, Guantanamo Bay in Cuba, the prison, do they allow firearms in there?
0: No, not okay.
2: for the prisoners. If you're ever in Arizona, come to azfirearms.com. It's our gun shop.
0: And, and I them. will show
2: you about 15 guns that were made and confiscated from Guantanamo.
0: Inside. Inside the prison. By the prisoners. And actually, there's a little teeny preview of what you're talking about in a video that our friend John Correa of Active Self-Protection, his extra video, yeah. uh, his extra channel on on YouTube uh you took him on a tour of the shop and you showed him a couple of those um real quick before we dive out of here on this whole topic of you know are guns bad or gun owners bad or how does all this come together you were just reading uh before we went on air an article on Fox News that was published this morning again it's August the, 3rd 2020
2: 2.5 million people new gun owners
0: Right, but what did they say about um, the fact that, you know, about Chicago? Remember the quote about Chicago? No. He said, so with all of these millions upon millions upon millions of guns, all from sea to shining sea, from Canada down to Mexico, if there are guns and gun owners in all of these places, if guns are the problem, how do you explain Chicago? Chicago well here's what they where say. Where there's so many restrictions yeah, but on they gun say, ownership.
2: The governor would say this, well,
0: it's the states that border us, they're legal and
2: but, yeah, but then why aren't they having the problem? Thank you. Right. It's like, okay, maybe it's because I don't know, is there something they eat? <laughs> I I have no idea. But that but the whole thing is let's make it worse. So we can get rid of the guns. Right. I mean, there are, the, I would say there's politicians out there that wouldn't care whether or not you died or not. In fact, if you die from gun violence, that's another chip on our, on our notch to, They'll to fight use our your agenda death
0: to fundraise. Right. They will do it. We've seen it. Not just the Democrats. If you think I'm lying, go do your own research, check it out. They would use your death to raise funds for their campaign to endanger people more
2: all i can say is tomorrow this, when you take your family to any city or state that is blue controlled do you feel safer
0: see again there's the, the you know taking it into the politics of it and maybe but that's it, but maybe that's there. the arena maybe it's, that's it's, the place to
2: talk about it but i just it's a real map cheryl i mean think about it yeah. chicago what is it blue state mm-hmm.
0: Well, San Francisco, it's a blue city. Blue Chicago's a city. Right. Well, right. Because lo- there's right. a lot of people in Illinois, you know, they don't live in that one And spot, they don't have the problem Chicago. either, do they? Right. Okay. Right. So, I mean, you
2: know, Phoenix is a big city. New York's another one. Do you feel safe? Can you feel safe walking anywhere in New York? You know?
0: Portland, Seattle. Right. I mean, I see where you're going, but I always try to find a place where I'm like, all right, I don't want to just take the easy, lazy, mental way to just go... Oh, those Democrats! Oh, those Good. liberals! Oh, the blue areas right I, I want to I want to be mindful about how we interact with what's really happening um, because if you can really figure out what's happening, then you can you know when you go to the doctor and you say, "Hey, it hurts when I do that," and then the doctor's like, "Don't do that." how about we stop doing that? Okay. But and we haven't heard anymore. But,
2: I mean, but we have to be real. So let's, let's just be real for a second and say this,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that it is evident. I mean, we see that when the, the, the cities and states that are bad, that are having problems, we have to face it. They are the blue controlled cities and states. Now I will say, I know several Democrats, these are gun loving people. They, I, I admire some of their beliefs. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I think, sorry. I think that, <laughs> some of, sorry? I think that some of the things, not all of the education things, but some of the education things, they really are trying to help children. Okay. And I, they are really trying to help the poor. They're really trying to help homeless people. There are good things that are going on with the democratic party. Unfortunately they are overruled by the controlling democrats that are anti gun so
0: so like all parts my friends in the right place right, but please. their methods are hurting and i can have helping.
2: i can have this i can have this disagreement with a democrat friend any of my democrat friends and it it's a friendly conversation never gets heated but you take one of the gun controlling uh anti anti gun and you know those type of Democrats. You can't even address that with them, because if you do, you know what you are. Yes, racist. <laughs> I'm racist,
0: right? There's the the other big R right. word that
2: so, gets right. really. So, you hey guys, I really appreciate you listening to us today. It's time for us think. to thank, thank, our guests.
0: Yeah, Alan yeah. Gotland. Yeah.
2: He uh, did a fantastic job Alan, and he and does, his group is amazing. Right. They do such good work. I'll tell you, sometimes they have their event like in Florida and I say, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to go to Florida. I'm going to get to go fishing. I'm going to do all this stuff. When you get to the event, you don't leave. It's not because that you good. don't, it's not like they have you locked in. You don't want to leave because you meet so many people and you just, oh, yeah, I need me to meet this person. So unless we plan an extra week, I don't get to go fishing we do the event and we come home.
0: No, it's so true. And usually, uh, you know, we drive together to get there and we drive together to go home, but there's so many people to talk to and interact with and so many different um, topics going on in the room on the main stage and then, you know, just sitting around a, a lunch table together that Dan and I usually, we don't see each other the entire day and then at the end of the night, it's like, we can't wait to like tell the other one and you know, we're, we're talking over each other, but it, it's an amazing event. Whether you can only ever do it virtually, or if you can ever get to it live, do it, do it, do it. It is a, a wonderful, um, a wonderful time and a wonderful resource. And I just want to clean up something I said really quickly that I said, um, racism gets overused and bastardized. And I want to say that, what it, it seems to me, this is my personal opinion and I can be wrong, What it seems to me is that if somebody doesn't like what you're saying, they use the R word to shut you up and squelch your voice. And that if everything is racism, then nothing is racism. There is racism out there. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Any, uh, marginalized, um, Uh, population, members of marginalized populations, what they undergo just to move about their life, um, like the rest of us do, uh, it's really, it's exhausting. And it robs us of our our, um, creativity and our our mental energy and our spiritual energy. And, you know, true racism should be shut up, should be squelched, should be pushed back, should be called out. But I just personally feel that it's, um, it's kind of like a, a quick, easy, lazy tool that people, you know, whip out of their toolbox and beat you with um, just because they don't like what you say.
2: Kind of reminds me of the days when, you know, when you're having a fight with a five-year-old and they just call you all kinds of names. You're an Poo Poo, noon, you know, it's just like, it's whatever they can come out of their mouth just so that they can call you something so that you'll, You'll be offended and you'll you'll walk away
0: or shamed. You'll yeah. be shamed. But
2: you know, and shut I up. agree with you. I mean, the difference in racism when I was young, I'm sixty five, so the difference then and what the difference is now, there is a big difference because yes, there is racism, there is, but it's not. I don't think it's what it was, and it, the. I don't know how to explain it to you but
0: so we can celebrate the the progress that we've made without taking our eye off the prize of continuing to call it out where it really exists. Right. Look at the gender I just think that it hurts the true the true voices right. of people trying to do good work against racism when it's just this lazy word now that that gets overused. That's I, I I don't know if I clean that up but hopefully y'all, know my I think heart. I did because you look at
2: <laughs> it, just look at my family generation. Mm-hmm. You're going way back. There is a completely difference. Okay. Completely different. And I'm, I'm not going to go into details, but yeah, as far cultural, as I, I could stand, raise my right hand, put on a Bible and say, I am not a racist. Right. Um, have I been called a racist? Well, yeah. I couldn't sell a gun to a guy because he was denied and they called me a racist. Yeah. Um, so, so there are, again, that's that word that you can, when you can't win a battle, all you have to do is say the other person, the races, and you've won the, I guess you think you've won the battle. So, all right. So we thought, we thanked our guest, Alan Gottlieb, which did a fantastic job. Yeah. I'd also like to thank our guests for tolerating me and, uh, <laughs> listening to what we have to say. And today oh, I got a goes. little, I, I got kind of a uh, heavy political today, but. It's like, sometimes you just get angry and you want to talk. I love talking to the other side. I really do. I, 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 yeah. And it's interesting to me. It really is. It's not like I want to talk to them so I can challenge them and fight them. I want to hear what they have to say, but I want to talk to people that are willing to listen and not throw racist comments or whatever, you know, just, just talk
0: conversation, conversation right. both people sharing of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's what's fun. Right. Being spoken at is because exhausting. the
2: 2.5 million new gun owners that we just received in the United States, those people were people that were open to conversations because if not, they had never bought a gun Two 2.5 million new gun owners, new gun owners a year ago, if you would had talked to him about a gun, If they, you know, you know, they may have not, I guess what I'm trying to say is they have open conversations. They talk to people and they decided it's best that we get a gun, whether it's between the husband and wife.
0: Right. So when we're lazy and we're like, oh, those Democrats, Mm." well, we might have just closed the door on a future conversation, a sharing of ideas that we might have had with a friend who maybe we don't even know what their politics are. Right? right? And then we just totally stuck our foot in our mouths and put a big wedge in the relationship instead of just meeting people as human beings and uh, having discussions with each other and learning about each other and and being grace graceful, right? In, in the way that if somebody says something that hits you wrong or offends you or makes you go, mm, I don't like how that sounded, that we don't just cover them over with bad right now you're the bad object and and excise them out of our lives but maybe we lean into that area and go well, what did you mean by that and why right. that made me feel really bad when you said that thing and then they can either go oh well I hadn't thought about it that way or you know I, I didn't mean it that way you know because there's a lot that takes place in a conversation and people can misspeak and they can um, And really change their minds. And so I think that grace driven uh, interacting, uh, sharing of ideas is so important and so missing nowadays. Right. Well, you've
2: had several, you know, we've had several family members that are not on the gun side that have recently come to you and said, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy a gun.
0: Family. That could not have happened. Mm -hmm.
2: If we would have shut them out, at least we wouldn't have known they bought a gun. So And now, so with being open, not only do they buy a gun, but they're talking to us, okay, now what do I do to be responsible? Yeah,
0: that's a wonderful, wonderful yes. blessing to be in a situation, and a position to be able to help people make that big of a decision in their life. All right, you keep trying to wrap this up, and then I think I keep talking, but the shock, right? right. right. Isn't that a shocking development?
2: The hard, hardest part of the show is coming up right now. <laughs> the easiest part is... Pray for our nation.
0: Yes, please.
2: The hardest part is praying for some of our leaders.
0: All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like.
2: Have I mentioned the ones that I don't like? Not today, have I?
0: You only need to mention them in prayer.
2: No, so if anybody wants to know who are the politicians that Dan Todd does not like, that would not endorse no matter what, all you have to do is look and say, does this person work for us or does he want to be royalty? Then you'll know who I won't endorse
0: because I she. will not
2: endorse royalty. He or she,
0: right? Right. All right. Yes. Pray for our leaders, our representatives, even the ones you don't like. And especially, that's that's where the rich ground is, especially the ones you don't like. I tease
2: about this, but I know we need to pray for them. Pray
0: they'll move out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what i had in mind but i know that be good to each other have a great week and god bless